world of e-commerce can be tricky, and that's why you need the experts to help take you to the next level. This is Delivering E-Commerce, and this is Chris Parsons. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Delivering E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chris Parsons, and I have two special guests from Google today, and I'm so grateful to have you both here with me. First, I would like to introduce Logan Valdilu um, from, from Google. Logan, welcome. Thank you, Chris. And then Robert Stuperic. Robert, welcome to the show. Excellent. Thanks so much for having us, Chris. Oh, it's my pleasure. You guys are doing me the honor of letting me interview you guys and have you part of Delivering E-Commerce. I think this is our 19th episode. Um, <clears throat> very proud to say that on YouTube, we broke a thousand subscribers uh, this week. Um, I'm trying to order a custom cake to celebrate that with our audience. And uh, hopefully I'll get that over the course of next week. Congratulations, Chris. Um, thank, thank you. Yeah, four months in, I was hoping to have just a few hundred folks, hopefully providing some value and to have a thousand people tune in uh, so far is, is, is magical from my standpoint. So um, let's get to this right away, guys. I'll start with Logan. Logan, it would be greatly appreciated if you can uh, talk about your journey and then then Robert will just will jump in when Logan's done with uh, with your story. Sure. Um, I'm really fortunate to you know have a career working with great minds in understanding how technologies work and how they can be applied to solve business problems. I've always been at the intersection of business and technology that really motivates me. I really started my career with business consulting in the SAP space then to e-commerce, both B2C and B2B, then to building auto-to-cash and procure-to-pay type solutions that span across e-commerce and ERP applications. The past 10 years, though, I've been focused on advising and helping customers to be successful early adopters of cutting-edge technologies to improve their business across value chains helping define cloud-first, digital-first strategies to adopt modern technologies for data-driven decisioning, infusing AI and ML and other emerging technologies to stay ahead in innovation. In specifically for retail and e-commerce, it all started for me with SAP Internet Sales followed with IBM WebSphere Commerce, a B2C platform, then their marketplace edition for B2B. Ecom is more than just capturing an order. I quickly mm -hmm. recognized that and expanded my focus into order to cash, procure to pay, order management and fulfillment across e-commerce and supply chain solutions. In the last three years, uh, helping retailers to reduce their technical debt by moving to cloud, modernizing with a cloud-native e-commerce for on-demand scalability to meet traffic spikes and lower the total cost of ownership and improve customer experience, especially with headless commerce approach, you know, be able to launch new shopping experiences quickly and broadly into you know, improving customer experience with uh, product discovery, like product search, recommendations, and you know, wise visual commerce, et cetera. You know, it's exciting times to be in retail, and I never had a dull moment in my career. 
you yeah, know, it, it is. turned out to be a long response. I wanted to highlight some key transitions in my career, Chris. No, that's great, Logan. Thank you. Um, just for clarity, because um, a lot of folks that are, will be listening are from the marketing side and may not be familiar with the term of headless commerce. Can you define that? <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, headless is really an approach in the architecture to separate the front end um, from the back end. The front end is where the consumers and shoppers come in to engage with the e-commerce side. Uh, it could be mobile as well. And separating it up from the back end where you know the, the functions like catalog, shopping cart, etc. manage. This allows to launch new experiences like Bocus by online pickup and store. You know, the pandemic came in suddenly, caught us all by surprise. This architecture allowed retailers to launch new experiences like Bocus quickly because of that flexible model or architecture. Wonderful. Thank you for that clarity. That's great. That helps helps a lot as we have different levels of, of folks listening. And I think that that clarity is, is great for everyone. Now, Robert, um, first of all, before you get into the intro, I love the Marvel, is it Marvel? DC, the DC um, heroes behind you. That's great. <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I definitely want to remain a, a kid at heart, so um, want to want to keep that uh, in the background to uh, inspire me. But um, Chris, thanks so much. Um, my my journey really started with uh, Nortel and uh, on the voice side. So I've been really fortunate to um, be able to work with uh, channel partners for the first, I would say, half of my career. Um, which really gave me a lot of exposure to different types of retailers. So the small mom and pops needing telephony solutions into some of the larger retailers needing much more complex solutions. Um, I was then able to uh, join Cisco and, and uh, get some knowledge in the networking and security area. Uh, definitely important uh, space for the retailer to make sure that they have the infrastructure to be able to support uh, the in-store and the in-office. So it was, it was definitely an interesting experience um, working with Cisco and some extremely large global brands. And then I was super fortunate to be able to join Google about two years ago and um, have tremendously enjoyed uh, working at Google and the culture of innovation that we bring. Um, it's really exciting to be able to bring the best of Google to the customers on a daily basis. That's great. And I love the term of culture of innovation. Um, you, you want to be able to define that for, for the audience? Because I think that's important as we <clears throat> live in retail. Retail is typically not as innovative as it can be. I mean, we're, we're getting there with with the BOPIS and drone delivery and um, automation throughout the DCs, but that that kind of um, culture and, and motto to be consistently innovating and evolving is really uh, ingrained in the culture at Google. Can you can you talk to that a little bit? Sure, I'll, I'll definitely answer that, Logan. <clears throat> Feel free to you know, jump in as well. But really, it, it comes down to moonshots. Um, so these are the the things that Google um, tries to do, apply 10x thinking to. So things like Waymo, uh, driverless cars, um, things like being able to um, apply machine learning to crops. So not necessarily things that you think of Google, um, but we really want to take an approach where 
what would you like to solve if there were no barriers? If mm -hmm. cost, time, uh, resources was not a barrier, what what would you like to do? And once we get that statement, then we love going back and, and trying to figure out how to um, overcome that, uh, that challenge. Absolutely. Just adding to that, Chris, uh, mm -hmm. some of the innovations like BigQuery and, and most of the uh, solutions we offer to customers today have uh, grown inside Google and you know a lot of those innovations, not just uh, Google Cloud, we are bringing across from Google and Alphabet uh, innovations happening in Google Brain. You, you, know, you come across uh, innovations in, in how fast we are able to do the protein uh, you know, fold and structure, et cetera. So we bring such innovations in applying neural network and other machine learning um, to help uh, customers. And more importantly, when we bring those technologies, we want to meet the customers where they are and you know, to help them adapt these innovations to their own business. Yeah, I, I love the, the innovation standpoint. <clears throat> when I talk to my team, I always talk to them about the art of possible. Try to think of a situation and not be restricted or constricted from from your own biases, from what other people have said didn't work in the past. What's the art of possible? And let's let's start chipping away to make that dream happen. And I think if we can all dream a little bit bigger, we would just ramp up and accelerate the growth in our industry. So I appreciate that definition, guys. Thank you so much. Um, <clears throat> let's jump into um, Google and specifically, Logan, um, tell me what you've been doing with with Google, and you know what you're trying to achieve over the next few years. Um, I joined Google over three years ago, and um, you know I've been working in retail space uh, since I joined Google. Um, we are looking at you know, retailers' challenges and bring innovative solutions. Uh, you know, not just uh, running infrastructure, but as Robert mentioned bringing in uh, advanced AI and ML um, to help innovate across value chain. Our focus is value chain. One thing I would say, uh, something I learned from my career is, you know, try to understand and solve the whole puzzle for your customer and not any, uh, any piece of the puzzle because the true and full value comes from solving the puzzle as a whole uh, to drive higher value business outcomes. Um, infusing AI, ML, and advanced data analytics um, is a way we are helping retailers, you know, solutions like recommendations AI and retail search we recently launched and, uh, you know, solutions around demand AI, et cetera, brings these advanced AI, ML, uh, and our approaches from, a, you know, how you scale these solutions. Um, is what we are making it easier for retailers to consume through APIs. Uh, we, we handle all the complexities under the cover and make the uh, solutions easier to use by retailers so they can focus on applying the technology to solve the problems and not worry about the under the hood aspects. That's great. And you, you mentioned AI a couple of times there. How fast is AI evolving for Google? Is it like it's, I know it's already a reality, but when does it really become mainstream uh, from a Google perspective or is it already and maybe I'm just not taking advantage of it? <laughs> it is already, Chris, that's a good point. Um, you know, if you think about uh, Google solutions in the consumer space, 
about main solutions like Gmail, Maps, you know, our Drive, Search, and you know, several other solutions. They have over a billion users um, globally. And to serve those billion plus users in across the world in different demographic and language is a huge responsibility. And mm-hmm. that responsibility, we are taking it uh, you know, seriously by, by applying AI and ML. You have seen in many instances when you are composing a Gmail, you know, it, it's suggesting things and likewise yeah. Google search. So we've been applying machine learning and AI for the last you know, 10 to 15 years, depending on the solution like YouTube. And Google Brain is, is applying machine learning in advancing a lot of those areas. Recently, you would have seen Alpha Ford uh, and in, you know, an architecture approach algorithm from Google Brain that helped to you know, structure the protein much faster than in, in the past. So making those innovations and things like Kubeflow, TensorFlow, um, not only we developed these innovations, but uh, you know, a lot of them were open sourced by Google, sort of democratizing AI ML for the broader uh, you know, community so they can take advantage of them and build applications to solve real world problems. Yeah, and I think that's important in the example you, you gave of email or Gmail, for example, um, and it auto finishing your sentences for you is <clears throat> it's kind of now... I don't even think people think of it as AI. It's just a service that Google offers. And and I think that's why when I ask, is it mainstream is because Google is not necessarily, you know, waving a flag to say, we've, we've really enhanced your experience. It's just now part of the service that you provide and it becomes table stakes for you guys. And it comes commonplace. And we're actually really as a, as a consumer taking advantage of AI every day. And we're not even, we're not even, from a cognitive perspective, really acknowledging what we're doing. We're just taking advantage of this great service from, from Google. Absolutely. Just one more example, you know, which most uh, listeners of this podcast would quickly recognize. You know, if you go into YouTube first time mm-hmm. without even logging in and you watch a video or a sports game, immediately it recognizes your interest and starts serving relevant content. And, that comes from not only the machine learning algorithm to understand your interests and predict similar content, but be able to do in real time, take those signals of a specific content or genre watch and predicting relevant uh, uh, results uh, immediately is, is not just machine learning, but the underlying infrastructure, you know, collecting the signals and, you know, piping it to, train the model and, and predicting the results. So we bring in the combination of our hyperscale infrastructure combined with our advanced machine learning. Um, that's that's a simple example of everyday experience, especially during pandemic. We saw Google Maps um, came in very handy. When you're searching, it would pop up, you know, an item available nearby store if that retailer is participating in that program. And, uh, mm-hmm. Many folks use that for scheduling appointment to for a you know curbside pickup, for example. That's great. And I, let's go back to that YouTube example of um, the the AI helping you because I I've now subscribed to YouTube. I'm now I wanted to avoid those commercials, and that's how much content I'm absorbing from YouTube is I, I invested in it to um, make it even more gratifying. But 
what do I have to do to get your AI technology that every time someone new comes to, to YouTube, they see delivering e-commerce first? That's a great question, Chris. Um, we offer our advanced AI model in three different ways. Um, first is ready-to-use solutions, recommendations AI, retail search. Recommendations AI allows you to recommend products and services uh, based on the user behavior, like mm-hmm. take a shopper, based on what they purchased in the past as well as what they are looking at right now, what what product category they are browsing through, what specific PDP, like product display page they are looking at. So you can serve highly relevant recommendations, like frequently bought together, things may you like, etc. So these are API-based solutions, uh, but powered by advanced AI ML. Easier for you to integrate with your e-commerce system. Second is we provide building blocks, such as, you know, recognizing image, um, translation, speech to text, mm-hmm. um, etc. video analytics. So these are building block APIs that you can stitch together to create an application. And uh, you can also, those are pre-trained APIs, machine learning APIs, but you can customize it for your own needs by training them with your own data. So they become AutoML version. So it is trained with your own data, tailored to your own needs. And finally, third is you are looking to build something from scratch. You have a data science team, you have machine learning developers. So this way we we want to meet the customers where they are, you know, whether they are looking for ready to use, uh, you know, take the building blocks and stitch together an application or build something from scratch using our frameworks and technologies and tools. So we are making AML kind of easier to adapt for uh, our customers. Amazing, amazing. And Robert, what what are you doing for Google and um, what are you trying to achieve over the next number of years? Yeah, thanks, Chris. Um, so I'm, I'm part of the enterprise uh, field sales team, um, working with Canadian enterprise customers to be able to really understand their business um, and bring the best of Google to them. So ideally, what that means is Taking a look at the entire picture, like Logan said, um, not just the e-commerce, but also looking at things like supply chain, um, looking at uh, how we deliver to home, and bringing things like um, Google Maps, um, the data we have from Waze. So we really are excited about being able to look at the the whole journey, um, getting the product to the right place at the right time, at the right price, Mm -hmm. and applying all of the different solutions that Google has built internally. That's great. So when we when we think about Google, it's naturally the the search functionality everyone goes to to, to discover products. Um, from an innovation and where we're coming out of the pandemic now, where do you see things going? I know Google just announced that um, they're going to offer Google Search for retailers that can easily plug into the uh, the their search bar and leverage Google instead. Um, that was another announcement that Google had over the course of the last couple of weeks. Um, where, where, from an innovation standpoint, should our audience be really thinking to take advantage of, of partnership with uh, with Google? Um, maybe I'll take a quick stab at this, and Robert, feel free to chime in. Um, we are looking at kind of across the value chain, Chris. Um, we identified these value chain areas where we can bring our solutions, and the way we are looking at is um, 
Retail is a, is a top priority industry for Google Cloud. Um, our solutions are focused in, in kind of four pillars. Uh, one is um, helping retailers capture digital and omni revenue growth, starting with uh, e-commerce modernization, especially the headless commerce. The pandemic accelerated uh, shift to digital, and we saw the e-commerce growth, you know, estimates say a decade of growth happened in, in a matter of three to four months. Given that we see even predominantly large brick and mortar are adopting to you know, digital e-commerce, CPGs, brands, and travel, hospitality, manufacturing, they're all kind of finding ways to uh, offer their products and services online. So headless architecture is one thing we offer. Um, and, uh, and then you know, improving customer experience through product discovery, as already mentioned, we are looking at assistive grocery shopping um, and uh, business messages that allow uh, you know, retailers to provide this uh, visibility to store opening hours and you know, schedule appointment for curbside delivery pickup, uh, even a store visit um, scheduling appointment, etc. Second area is you know, making retailers uh, become customer-centric and data decision, data you know, data-driven decisioning, where you know cust- retail customer data platform, and then the holistic retail data platform itself. Uh, because we are talking about several solutions that are API-based, so the data platform will give them a, a unified data model so that they can easily adopt these individual solutions quickly once they have that unified data model. Third is, you know, making uh, efficient uh, operations across value chain, running mission critical applications. And finally, the store, you know, uh, during the pandemic, uh, we saw the need for real-time visibility to inventory so that, you know, you can offer both this pickup. Um, Looking at a more omni-channel uh, approach needed, and, and we are bringing in modern store solutions to kind of provide a similar digital experience in store using AI ML at the edge. Because you know, we have seen multiple data points that say even a store-based purchase is heavily influenced by digital experience. Folks who go into a store, they start discovering products online. About 87 mm-hmm. percent search online before they go to store. And about 75% of the shoppers, while they are in the store, still look up online. Uh, It could be the retailer's own mobile application, for example. The whole, the endless aisle is is becoming a reality, especially for millennial and Gen Z shoppers. They want the ability to buy online, pick up curbside. Or sometimes Mm -hmm. they're in the store, they don't find the item, immediately want to place order on the retailer's website and get it delivered. So this, uh, you know, those four areas where we are bringing in our technologies to help retailers uh, build these solutions. Although I mentioned retailers, many of them I mentioned are applicable across uh, across verticals. Yeah, yeah, obviously that's, you guys are thinking more than just the retail sector um, when you're you're scoping out different innovative pieces. It's how can it how can it help out the most um, business partners that that you have. Um, the question 
<clears throat> I was hoping, or the answer, I guess I was hoping to get, if, if you listen to a few of my podcasts, the one thing I'm, I'm challenging um, somebody to, to solve for me is what I call the universal checkout, Logan and Robert. I would love for a checkout to be on my platform, maybe Sephora's website, maybe even my competition's website. But the whole premise of this universal checkout is to allow a customer who's in the shopping journey and trying to maybe build a project or shop for a number of members in their family to have a good customer experience and check out once instead of putting in my delivery address, checking out under multiple profiles from, from retailer to retailer. Just, just allow me as a shopper to go website to website, build my one basket, my one cart and check out. When we can get to that stage, I think we're really offering superior customer service. And I know that takes a lot of collaboration from, from retailers. And you got to be, you got to be um, open to the fact that they may buy a hammer from me and buy a, a drill from somebody else. Um, but that's okay. If we're doing the right thing from our customer standpoint, I think that's the, the best approach. If, if you want to take that back to your dev team and ask Google to help me come up with a universal cart, I'm all in. And my, my audience knows that this is a big pet peeve of mine when it comes to the, to the e-commerce journey. I know from a, from a retail standpoint, I get it. You're walking into a store. You got to check out before you leave. But from, a, from an e-commerce and it's just tabs on a page, there's no reason that we can't have a universal cart. And I think that, uh, I think that we should all start embracing collaboration versus competitiveness when it comes to being customer centric. I think we'll all pay big dividends from dividends from that. Um, so I, yeah, just, just a, a innovative piece that I'm, I'm passionate about. Thank you, Chris. Uh, you were spot on um, you know, mentioning it requires kind of an ecosystem collaboration among multiple parties. If you think about it before the pandemic, um, not many, offered even a universal checkout between their online and, and brick and mortar stores. 100%, yeah. the, the pandemic really you know, amplified the importance of omni-channel capability. The omni-channel capability like Bopis, I want to buy online, pick up curbside or store. Um, I think the pandemic already taught many of us uh, and amplified the importance of having that omni-channel capability uh, to your point, because you, know, you need to have it a single shopping list that mm -hmm. I can at least, you know, I want to start with a retailer. I should be able to uh, buy things, certain products, maybe only uh, the merchandise only available online, certain yeah. merchandise only available in store. But regardless of that, I should be able to have one single shopping list and check out. I think if we get to that with a retailer first, that itself is, is, a, is a big win for shoppers. Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, we just as a as individual retailer don't make it too convenient for our customers because we we tend to still operate in silos. Um, but I think that harmonized shopping experience is going to become a reality faster and faster. Um, Robert, I feel like I'm leaving you out of the conversation here um, from a from a futuristic standpoint and from an innovation and where the industry is going, especially coming out of COVID, how do you see shoppers today um, adjusting to the, to the new norm or are they gonna go back to um, old habits? Yeah, thanks, thanks, Chris. Definitely appreciate that question. Um, I think, you know, I, I really feel a lot of passion about equipping the, the retail workers on the front line with the right tools. Um, there's a lot of, I would say, 
nervousness about going to stores and making sure that the, the product is in stock um, near the person. So when customers are making that journey um, and they're, they're getting more comfortable, um, we see um, the, the shift uh, going back to a little bit more in-store from online mm -hmm. with some of the recent earnings coming out. But making sure that the, the frontline workers have the best possible um, tools to be able to serve the customer, I think is really going to assist with that experience. And so I, I have a lot of passion for this, having worked in retail um, early in my career in university, we, we didn't, everything was very manual, uh, pen and paper, and uh, I, won't, I won't date myself, but uh, it, was, it was challenging, you know, to, to get the right product in and have enough quantity. Um, so, the, the frontline worker for me is is very important. Uh, they know the the customers. They know the the local um, business, and they really have a lot of uh, value that they can add. So, giving them tools that are going to allow them to send feedback uh, to management and to the supply chain, I think, is extremely important. Yeah, I love the point about supporting the staff on the floor I and. Mean, you, you think about the shopping journey from an e-commerce standpoint and you get on a site and you start, you know, making some product selections and then all of a sudden you start getting this really uh, curated and personalized experience. But yet when you go to the store level and you talk to an associate, associate, okay, maybe they know a few things off the head that might relate to that item. But how do you engage with tools and technology at the store to really create that personalized shopping experience and bring those same AI technologies that are live and present and well on your, your e-commerce shopping experience and bring that into the hands of the associate so it's a more thoughtful shopping journey and shop, shopping trip for the customer, I think will be, will be key, um, especially as customers go back and they want to be efficient. They don't want to make multiple trips. Like I don't know how many times when I was on the sales floor at, and I'll date myself with this, at Future Shop, um, which is now Best Buy. Future Shop, I was selling um, audio and so many times, now we didn't have HDMI cables back then either. It was these red, white, and yellow cables, the the AV cables, and then um, batteries. So many times we would sell products to customers, and then you would see them hours later coming back for these accessories that we as sales reps didn't do a good job packaging that, that first initial purchase. Um, and, and you got better with experience um, to know what to suggest to a customer where they would need speaker wire or et cetera. But if we had tools back then to help us, um, would have helped that customer show up once. And the second time they were going to show up would be for a new purchase, not to just get what they needed the first time. And, and I really like now you can see that taking place on e-commerce, but I still think there's gaps at store level unless an associate already has that product knowledge. And that takes months uh, to build up, but give them the tools right away to the better serve your customers is going to be key. And, and I think you've mentioned you guys are doing some great things to, to help that evolve quickly. Yeah, solutions like recommendations AI, um, I think that's what really helps, you know, things that are brought together. Mm -hmm. um, you may like this item as well. And uh, though it's, it's predominantly a digital experience, the same can be offered uh, in a store you know, by equipping the retail store associate with, uh, with the tablet and yeah. you know, they can guide all those things. Um, we are also working on a Google Glass solution, Chris, to help the, the store associates and other uh, you know, store staff, um, you know, with a glass and powered for, you know, 
for instance, um, uh, big pad automation, right. um, and uh, and then even training store associates for a lot of the standard operating procedures, etc. So we are working uh, with with uh, our ISV partners for some of those solutions as well. That's great. Let's um, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about um, probably the the topic that's on everyone's mind of how do they win the race to voice and voice search. Um, now we're, we're using it on a daily basis to talk to our Google devices or any of the other devices that are out there and ask it for the joke of the day, how's the weather, um, you name it, a lot of simple things, even recipes actually started using it for. But when it comes from a commerce standpoint, where's voice search going? Yeah, the voice um, search is definitely on the on the race, especially with the millennial and Gen Z shoppers. And uh, in in fact, you know, it helps a lot of people. Um, and especially if you think about uh, you know, like a grocery shopping throughout the week, they want to build a shopping list. So hey, Google, add this to the shopping list. And and right. you know, doing the Saturday visit to the store, you already have that curated shopping list. And in addition to that voice-based, you know, curated shopping list, if you apply recommendations on top of it, it can, you know, it can additionally recommend. For instance, you know, in a household, you may have different dietary preferences. Some liking, you know, uh, no-fat milk, someone liking almond milk. If you add them through the voice uh, interaction for the shopping list, recommendations can, AI can find items, you know, oh, you you like almond milk, so you're going to like a, a snack uh, made with you know, almond. Um, so this way, it makes that, uh, you know, the, the, the shopping chore easier for, for people and uh, making it so that to your point earlier, oh, I missed, I need to run back to the store to purchase the next one versus here. It makes sure that you didn't miss anything. And then you can even, you know, plan for a weekend party, inviting friends, then you can maintain a separate shopping list. So these are ways for for making that wise and integrated part of your shopping journey. Yeah, I'll, I'll just add the other the other piece that um, I think is overlooked sometimes, and this this really speaks to the, the heritage of Nortel that I, I had, is contact center AI. And really, mm-hmm. what we mean by that is how to have natural interactions um, with AI conversation. So things, it, it's really helping on a couple different levels. So one, um, it can either be a, a chatbot or uh, somebody speaking live on the phone to um, an AI-powered solution. And that will be able to answer a lot of questions, um, such as things like, when is my story? Uh, open. Where is the nearest store? What are your hours? Where is my package? So those are not the most efficient questions to be uh, leveraging your your contact center um, staff with. And the other thing that it can also do is help out with agent assist. So what that does is it's almost like um, somebody sitting right beside you and and helping you out. Um, So you're an agent and we're able to give that agent continuous support during the calls and chats by really identifying what the the customer is looking for and, and delivering the right type of information. So those are a couple of examples of, of where we see voice being used today. And I think it's it's only going to be more prevalent in the future. 
Yeah, I'm a big uh, user of it already. I have a Google 5 uh, Pixel phone, and it has a Google Assistant on there, and it's one of the best assistants I've ever had. Um, so it's it's only going to continue to grow uh, from there. Where I, where I see from a commerce perspective, voice really winning, and I get nervous as a retailer because I think you become become brand agnostic really quickly because from a search perspective, if I'm you know with some friends and my buddy has a you know, a new drill, I'm going to just say to my search, hey, Google, I would like to get XYZ drill. Now, I'm not, I'm not typing in a URL. I'm not typing in um, a specific retailer. I just want this drill. That's what I'm connecting with is that product at the time. And if Google serves up um, a specific drill from any XYZ retailer, um, I probably just purchase it. I'm like I'm going to trust that the algorithms there that pick up the either the ratings and reviews or the right price, and I'm I'm not going to spend a lot of time going. Well, that's not the typical retailer that I purchase with. I will just I'll just purchase it because it's the recommended product. So I'm kind of nervous in the future for for retail and how how that's going to index products for for a customer and and how a retailer could become irrelevant. Um, because it's just we're just serving up products for customers, and and I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing from a customer standpoint. I think it's fantastic as a shopper if I'm if I'm sitting in my backyard and I know I'm I'm enjoying a barbecue, and then all of a sudden I, I realize that I missed a product. Then I'm going to say, Hey Google, I want to get X Y Z product, and um, it, they can make it that easy for me. Then that's great from a customer centric journey, but. Um, I think retailers are going to have to really feel, figure out the algorithm, uh, maybe do some paid search, make sure that they're they're getting to the top of those results. But uh, it will be interesting to see that journey over the next couple of years. Definitely, it's it's an opportunity as well, Chris, yep. for retailers. Uh, they can build voice agents. I think Robert touched on CCAI. And so we have dialogue for, you know, it allows you to build a voice agent and chat agent. So you can integrate them with your mobile application or your e-commerce website. So that way, you know, you can integrate those agents with these devices like Google Home Mini. So that way, you know, you have your own voice agent integrated with the devices. So then next time I call, it really calls that agent. Uh, it it yeah. really gives the, you know, the, another channel for your, your e-commerce. Yeah, that's a great point because then you can interact with that agent to a certain point and then transfer it all off to a live agent when when the customer is ready or most of the times the FAQs um, that those the AI can handle would be enough to satisfy the majority of customers anyway. So that's a great, great call out. Um, hey, guys, we're 40 minutes into this. I really appreciate um, the time tonight. I think what the um, the question that I will ask you now is, Logan, can you give your contact information so folks can reach out to you? And then, Robert, I'll ask you to do the same thing. Sure. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn and, and Twitter as well. Um, so it, if they search for Logan Vadevalu, um, they can find uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, on Twitter, I go by LV. Uh, 1999. Um, if they want to reach out via email, um, it's Logan Vadevalu, L O G A N V A D I V E L U at Google.com. Wonderful. Thank you.
perfect. And I'm, I'm also on LinkedIn as well. So Robert Stuperic uh, will pop up and email is robstew at gmail or google.com. So R-O-B-S-T-U at google.com. Wonderful. It's been a pleasure. I'll make sure I put down the contact information as well in the uh, comment section of, of this uh, podcast. And um, hopefully folks will take advantage and reach out to you guys and connect. Networking is so important in our industry. And um, I know we only touched on a sample of things that you guys are, are, are up to. And it's so many exciting things in the market right now that, that Google is doing. And I think people will need to have a more in-depth conversation to really bring it to life. And again, my pleasure tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. I really want to thank you for the opportunity to join your podcast. I really enjoyed uh, discussing with you. And I know you are on an important mission with the podcast. So best wishes to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having us, Chris. We really appreciate this and uh, looking forward to future of your podcast and learning more about uh, e-commerce and the retail industry in general. So appreciate you doing this for us all. Anytime. We'll do it again shortly. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Delivering E-Commerce. It's our passion to have on leaders and suppliers in e-commerce from around the globe, setting you and your strategy up for the next level. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. Connect with Chris on LinkedIn at Chris Parsons. On LinkedIn and Spotify at Delivering E-Commerce or on YouTube at Chris Parsons Delivering E-Commerce. Till next time, this is Delivering E-Commerce.